looking to the future in MLB. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It is me, Joey P. Joe P. Zapia, and we've got a fun day of baseball talk for you. That's right. It's Futures Day. We're going to get our crystal balls out, and we're going to rub them up real good. We're going to take a look into the future of Major League Baseball, and who better to do that with than my good friend and co-host from Sports Grid. Every Sunday, we host Fantasy Sports Today, where we talk fantasy, we talk wagering, Oh, yeah, and he also hosts The Better's Eye over on MLB Network. You know him, of course. He's the one, the only Matt Stryker. You can follow him on the Twitter machine, but don't really because he doesn't care at MLB Matt Stryker. <laughs> Look at us hanging out, working outside of work. What a good time. Yeah, it's, it's so odd, you know, and I, I have to tell you, I'm so blessed that so Keith Irizarry hosts Better's Eye. You, you and I are doing sports. I work with the two best bald guys in the game, alliteration aside. I really do. And as far as work friends hanging out, how many of us after a Friday or a Saturday, you see someone at the club or the bar and then you see them on a Wednesday or a Thursday out in the mm. street. <laughs> but all right, yeah. let's see. How it Luckily, goes. it doesn't happen. But I like that you <laughs> choose your co-hosts. They must be bald. Is that in your contract? It's, a, it's like. actually, yeah. Yeah, it's very important. All right. Well, this is going to be your important day for MLB betting guide. And last year, we absolutely crushed this show. I mean, between Verlander, 25 to 1, between some of the other things that we talked about on this show, the over on the Seattle Mariners. There were so many things. We go back and look at last year's show, spot on. And the year before, on leading off, nailing the Bryce Harper, 30 to 1 for MVP at the midseason, nailing all these things that we have. There's a way to bet baseball and make some money, and we're going to do that today. So let's get after it, and don't forget, if you haven't already, subscribe to Betting Pros on our YouTube channel and drop a comment, because if you're a subscriber and you drop a comment, you might win a chance to get the premium package here at bettingpros.com. So if you're looking for access to exclusive picks, top-rated player props, or custom analysis for your betting performance, Betting Pros Premium has the tools to help you cash more bets. That's it. It's plain and simple. And if you don't want to wait for the giveaway, just go to bettingpros.com slash upgrade and upgrades. So you can get all of those bells and whistles. <laughs> and you can also throw your hat in the ring. We like the comments. I want to hear from all of you, too. I want to know what your favorite bets are going into the season for MLB. Let's start with the big one for MVP. And, Matt, the National League is tricky because the National League has a lot of great players who are on the same teams. It feels like old-school NBA from the 2000s and the 2010s okay. where you get these super teams, right? We've got Soto. And you've got Tatis and Machado mm -hmm. all on mm -hmm. the Padres together. You got all the Braves guys together with, you know, Acuna and some of the talent on that team. You got the, the guys who are on the Los Angeles Dodgers with Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. And that always becomes a difficult thing. I know you and I talk about that. Yeah. So is there a lone wolf when you look at the MVP market that makes sense? Because right now at the top, Juan Soto is there plus 550, which is fascinating. I don't know why he is necessarily at the top as much as I love Juan Soto. Mookie Betts at plus 950. Then you've got Acuna, Tatis at 10 to 1, Trey Turner at plus 1100. And then as you go down, you've got Arenado, Machado, Freeman, uh, and of course, Goldschmidt, Austin Riley. So how are you looking at NL MVP this year? Because last year it was very tricky as well. Yeah, but it was great in your setup because you led me right into it. And it's perfect journalism, even though that's a lost art. Clear conversation for another time. Yeah, the thing about these guys will vulture each other, who stands out, who doesn't. If you take a team like the Padres and they're at the top, you're going to say, yeah, I expected that. To whom mm -hmm. can you give the credit? Well, you got to give a hand. Joe's 100% right. What Soto is for me is the decoy. He's the book throwing out that public name or public team, that number. But if you just remove the public and you remove down, you go to Ronald Acuna at 10 to 1, 
That's another thing. You have to say, well, who can vulture from him? Oh, well, what if Riley's really hot? What if Olsen really swings a great bat? Let's go to Trey Turner. 11 to 1, according to what you're saying. An injury just now to Reese Hoskins. Harper may be coming back in June. If the Phillies can simply stay there until June or July, and Trey Turner is a part of that, then Trey Turner is the play for me based on those things. One, he doesn't really have anyone to vulture away from him the eyes or the votes until Harper comes along, and the conversation can still be had. Secondly, it's because of the where he sits in the odds. He's right smack in the middle of what I'm looking at. I love it. I agree 100%. And last year, you recall, we were very hesitant on National League. We said, let's just let it play out. And Manny Machado was the early favorite for a right. while there for the first couple of months. And not once did we say to bet it because we just said, look, it's a long season. It just doesn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was going to be sustained. And the narrative you can write for Trey Turner again, these are media awards. If he can carry this team and now he's going to really have to with Hoskins out too. Trey Turner at 11 to one, that number could get cut in half by Memorial Day. <laughs> uh, the other guy we throw out there is Pete Alonzo, who I think once again, is okay. more of a standalone guy in the Mets. If he can get that home run total up in that high 40s to even 50, to me, he's another guy that really pops potentially. He's at plus 1,600 right now nice. over on betting pros as well. Let's go to the American League here. And, you know, the easy bet is Shohei Otani. Last year going into the season, Matt, he was, I think, around plus three, plus three and a half, somewhere in that number. This year it's plus 220. Like That's where you're at right now for Shohei Otani. And to me, the only... I made an investment already in Otani, but the risk is if he gets traded to the National League, then there goes this wager. So Otani is the guy to beat. Nobody does what he does. The only reason he didn't last year win that again was because of Aaron Judge having a historic season as a Yankee, breaking a home run record for the Yankees. It was a very niche situation. Yes. So who can beat Otani if indeed there's an injury or if indeed Otani ends up, let's say mid season somewhere else. And that somewhere else not being the American league. Oh, again, I have to believe that because you and I have spent so much time together over the last four or five years, we understand each other's way of thinking. So you're, mm. you're almost getting my wheels going because it's logic. And I, that's the header of my social media. It's logic over emotion. Every time Otani, there is no one more dynamic, no one more prolific. So barring something like a, home run record or a triple crown. Otani's the guy. But those words prolific and dynamic can also fall to another guy here, and it's Julio Rodriguez, nine mm -hmm. to one. So why not? If you're looking at it in the future, you're a wager. You know Otani is what we call the chalk and horse racing. Fine, I get it. Throw something down on that. It's the smart play. It is. You have to pay your mortgage. You have to pay your bills. I get it. But gambling, it's called gambling for a reason. Do it smart. Julio's a great play. Uh, yeah. Also, if you move down, Jose Ramirez, what's he at, 16 to one? 16, 15 oh. to one, depending on the book right now. Okay. And that, those are the two to me, because you can write the narrative of those guys carrying their teams. Yes. We both like the Mariners this year. We love that rotation. We think they're going to more on the Mariners later. <laughs> it's going to be a love letter to the Mariners. But Julio, you're getting everywhere from seven to plus 900 for him on BP. So I've already made that investment. I think I got it at 900 where I had it. And then Jose Ramirez is at plus 1500 typically right now in betting pros. And that's another guy too, Matt. This guy just doesn't get enough credit, I feel like, for how good of a player he is and how much he's done. He took the hometown discount. So I'm with you. Like, American League MVP is far more, I would say, the sexier of the two <laughs> to bet right now because yeah. you have some legitimate clear options. 
And I would not discount, if you really want to get sexy, again, a guy that may need to put a team on his back should he be healthy is Kyle Tucker. And if you can catch 25 to 1 on Kyle Tucker right now before the 1st of April, that's that's another ticket to hold on to and see what happens. Just a thought. Yes, especially if Alvarez has any injury too and Altuve already going to miss time. So if Tucker carries that squad, that's another great one. Let's talk about Cy Young here, Matt. Let's talk about the guys at the top of the board. Sandy Alcantara, the reigning undefeated, uh, undisputed at plus 500 same as Corbin Burns Justin Verlander coming off as AL Cy Young would be fun to win one in the National League he looks I know it's a spring but the cliche is right for Verlander he's in the best shape of his life I've never seen Verlander look this good physically uh plus 700 for him Scherzer plus 800 the new rules really do favor these guys who like to work fast and Verlander and Scherzer do Spencer Striders are plus a thousand. My only concern with Strider, Matt, is the innings. Is he going to get enough of them to reach that? Uh, it's not a matter of the quality. It's the quantity. Then you got Freed, Nola, who is very underrated, plus 13. Zach Wheeler, Zach Gallon, and Woodruff. Uh, Zach Gallon at plus 1600 is my dark horse. But it's really tough because the guys at the top on this end here in the National League are very good. But how do you see this wagering market for NL Cy Young? So the first thing we have to do is put on our hats as to what we know versus what we feel. And we do know, and you and I talk about this often, that this is a media award. This is a bit more than just the numbers that we see. So with that said, I can see a guy like Scherzer, a guy like Verlander, just claiming the narrative, doing enough to where, look at this, this feels good, this feels right. Mm-hmm. But... Again, if a team like the Phillies are still there in July and Nola has pitched with his hair on fire, there's a discussion to be had Mm -hmm. as far as the gallons of the world and the woodruffs of the world. Yeah, you're going to strike out 200 guys and win 20 games. God bless you. It's something, an anomaly needs to happen. So that's why it's rough here for the the NL Cy Young. In the American League... I actually like betting Otani for Cy Young more than I like him for MVP because at Cy Young, you're getting him at plus 1,100, which I think is a a great number. And you could put a smaller unit on that. It's the usual suspects at the top. Jacob DeGrom at plus 550. Look, you want to do that? Knock yourself out. That's fine. Uh, But Garrett Cole is at plus 700. Dylan Cease plus 900. I don't like the Dylan Cease one. I think there's going to be some regression there. Alec Manoa, intriguing. Luis Castillo, intriguing. Shane McClanahan, though, This is the one where I keep landing on Matt because he's at plus 1,600 right now, and he was right neck and neck with Verlander all the way through the All-Star break. But if you recall, he did run out of gas, but I think it bears witness that at plus 1,600, at the very least, you put money on this, and if he gets off to that same start again, you're going to come up positive money. You could cash out in some spots on McClanahan. So I like McClanahan at the plus 1,600 for the long shot. I like Otani in the middle at plus 1,100. And to be honest with you, I think that's kind of the way I'm approaching Cy Young right now because the American League, somebody else might have to emerge. But what do you think about AL Cy Young right now? You would ask yourself the question, the narrative, if, uh, and I'm making it up, if the Blue Jays are in the postseason, mm-hmm. to whom are we saying the credit goes on the pitching side? So so that's something to consider. I don't think – Gosman such a long shot. He just does not – he shouldn't be in the same sentence as Cy Young, but then again, everything is changing. The game is changing. The rules yeah. are changing, and that strikeout-to-walk ratio is something that cannot be ignored. But if you look at a team like that, also look at a team like Cleveland. I'm a big Shane Bieber guy. I know the bloom has been off the rose, but this is still a very good pitcher. It doesn't matter if people aren't writing articles about him. He's still a very good pitcher. So this is how I approach the American League. All right, American League. I think Bieber is definitely in that same 
same vein almost as Jose Ramirez, right? The Cleveland guys who just don't get any respect and just go out there every year and perform. AL Cy Young, again, AL MVP, AL Cy Young, very interesting wagering markets there. Uh, National League Cy Young, too. Don't forget about Zach Gallon. I know if you look last year at the finish to the season, Zach Gallon was right up there with the elites. And I think you can make some cash there. Even if he doesn't win the award, you can come out positive. All right, let's go to the next grouping here for Rookie of the Year. In the American League, Gunnar Henderson is at the top of plus 240. Now, I already bet this. I think I got it at plus 400 uh, when it opened up. Uh, Masataka Yoshida at plus 600. Anthony Volpe at plus 800. Grayson Rodriguez at plus 9. Same as Cassis from the Boston Red Sox, Tristan Cassis. And then Josh Young, Hunter Brown. Oscar Colas and Oswald Perez uh, kind of making up the rest of this. So let's talk about the big dogs here because Gunnar Henderson, the everyday player, going to start with the team. We know that he has a little bit of an advantage, but the Volpe buzz has been growing substantially here. If he doesn't start with the team, even if he gives you a good four months, can Volpe be that guy at plus 800 or do you like Grayson Rodriguez or Gunnar Henderson, one of the Orioles? This is one of those things you can't ignore. So to what I've read is that Volpe has been informed that he will be on the roster. For how long that happens, I can't tell you. But if this kid is up and he turns the city on its ear and he becomes the darling, it's just it's his. Just give it to him. But I do want to caution people. Last year, and it's I won't waste your time and say, do you know who was the uh, chalk before the season for the NL Rookie of the Year? Do you have any? It was... The, uh, the guy on, on Chicago, his name's going to elude me right now. Help oh, me, Seiya Suzuki. Seiya yeah. Suzuki, well, and then he hurt well, his I thumb. I warned everybody not to go after him. Right, and he hurt his thumb, and then you just didn't hear anything again. I don't think that's going to happen to a guy like Gunnar Henderson. I think he is the real deal. But Volpe is sexy. Jung is sexy. If Texas does anything at all, and if Hunter Brown is healthy and Houston stays where they should be, a lot of people are going to look at Hunter Brown and say, who's that guy? And Joe and I'll be like, oh, we were talking about him back when there was still some snow on the ground. Uh, National League Rookie of the Year, Jordan Walker at the top now, uh, ahead of Corbin Carroll, which uh, the Corbin Carroll number I locked in real early. You know, as soon as they came out, I went right for Corbin Carroll, and I got a very good number, much higher than what it is right now, which is plus 400. So it's your last chance to get there. Miguel Vargas, who's going to get more playing time potentially. He's a very versatile player for the Dodgers. Uh, Doesn't have a whole lot to prove left in the minor leagues. Uh, At plus 850 is intriguing. Kodai Senga is intriguing at plus 850. Ezekiel Tovar at plus 1,000, who's going to be the everyday shortstop for the Rockies. This is an incredible crop. And, And look, Jordan Walker deserves to be probably at the top of it. I'm still going with Corbin Carroll. That's still my guy. But I could see any of these five going through. And and Tovar is a fascinating one. After that, it gets a little hazy for me. You get a couple of the other Mets prospects like Beatty and Alvarez. But really, I'm focusing on this top grouping because this top five is very good. Uh, and you're getting some really good numbers. Everything is plus 400 all the way to plus 1,000. So is there a favorite here for you in the National League version? Well, it's funny, and it's not, because you, you mentioned Tovar, I think, two or three times there. A lot of people are going to be all over him. The Rockies also signed Jerkison Profar, who probably will lead off. Now, Tovar was supposed to hit at the bottom, and then if he gets his hit tool up a little bit, come up to the top of the order, it becomes a much different conversation. But until that happens, temper expectations. Let's move to a guy like Miguel Vargas, who, if he can show some patience, uh, during spring training, they didn't have him swinging at all. He just went up there just to look at pitches because of an injury. Now he's swinging. If he can learn patience at the plate, 
surrounded by some of those hitters, learn from Freeman, learn from Betts, the maturation of Vargas could be very fun to watch. But I'm with you on Carroll a thousand percent. I just believe his tools are far more developed than the rest of the guys here. And if Walker's healthy, I'll have to rewind and take my foot out of my mouth. But as of right now, it's Corbin Carroll. Yeah, Walker is a fascinating one, but Carroll, you know, everyday player, they already locked him up there to that $100 million extension. It just, it feels like the Diamondbacks know what they've got. So again, I, I was just jumping on this right away and I urge everybody else jump with me on Corbin Carroll there. Everybody knows who listens to our shows on the MLB channel, how much uh, Welsh and I are into Corbin Carroll. Uh, let's, before we hit the uh, division winners, World Series and all that stuff, just going to go through some of our favorite over-unders going into the season. Uh, my favorite over right now is, to no one's surprise, the Seattle Mariners. Because look at that Mariners pitching staff, and there's not a lot of teams that are four deep. And I think they really are. Between Castillo, Ray, Gilbert, and Kirby, that's a really good four rotation. I think the Teoscar Hernandez move was a very good one. I think the Colton Wan move was a sneaky good one, too. And I think they've got the pieces there to acquire another bat should they need it. If Jared Kelnick ever gets straight and can carry over what he did in the spring or what he's done at AAA over to the big league level, he would be the missing piece. Yes. But I don't want to count on that necessarily because we've been unfortunately uh, let down more than once about it. However, uh, the Seattle team is where I'm going in the over. Do you have any interesting overs that you like on any teams on some win totals going into this year? Yeah, I do. And uh, I like that we use ifs. We have to be careful with them. And I've mentioned to you, I watch a show that uses a lot of, uses a lot of good like folksy turns or phrases. Mm -hmm. If ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk. Take some time to think about it because it is a sobering thought, ironically. Um, I'm looking at teams that are going to be able to benefit from the new rules. So I'm going to look at teams that are speedy, and I'm going to look at teams that are going to be able to produce runs, and I'm going to look at teams that have some really good pitching. How about a team like Miami? Nobody is looking at this team at all. I don't think they're going to blow the doors off, but sitting at 75 and a half, I definitely think this team can hit that over. And in the same vein, I look at a team like the Chicago Cubs, and you and I talked about Trey Mancini is not done. This is a, for lack of a better term, professional baseball team. They are going to be a lot better than they were last year. Uh, Wesniewski, Steele, Stroman. These are guys that I think are going to really be, with regards to Stroman, he'll bounce back. Steele is going to show you more than what he showed you last year. And Wesniewski has been really, really good in this postseason. So I'm looking at those teams as far as overs. Uh, to me, the biggest under on the board is the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, I, I understand they've got Freddie Freeman and, and Mookie Betts, and they're great players, and they're MVP caliber talents. Uh, I get that. <clears throat> but they did lose Trey Turner. They look have a pitching staff right now that is led by Clayton Kershaw, who has made 22 starts two years in a row. And to me, that's not an ace pitcher. You can't have that happen. Uh, Julio Urias is a very good pitcher, but – after those two guys, you have Tony Gonsolin, who's due for enormous regression and starting the year off in the IL. You've got Syndergaard and Gingergaard, uh, who I have no idea how many innings you're going to get out of either of them. So unless the Dodgers are pulling off some massive trades, and they already had some injuries with Gavin Lux, so now they're calling upon other players that might have been trade. Miguel Vargas would have been a trade piece, yeah. but now he is a, a piece you have to play more often. To me, I just don't see how the Dodgers get to 96 and a half. Uh, that that's just to me where I'm at with the Dodgers too many questions and and not to mention let's talk about the the, the bullpen too which I mean who is the closer is it Phillips I guess we shall see 
Well, the thing that Dodger fans will be shouting at their screens right now and telling you that they have another Gavin and Gavin Stone and he's going to fix all the pitching problems. And they're going to be shouting you and telling you that it's Brazier Gruderall, if I'm butchering his name, I'm sorry, who will be mm-hmm. the closer. And I get all that. That's great. If ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk. <laughs> Joe is right. How do you have, how do you get the 96 and a half wins? How do they achieve it? Where's the pitching and where's the bullpen? Even with the Stones and the Gruber Rolls of the world, do they still get there? Now, balanced schedule definitely helps. I will say that. Sure. But look at it from a logical perspective. We talk about bridge to saves when we're talking about closers. How about the bridge to wins? How does this team get to 97? I'm with you. I'll tell you what, I think that this is one of the teams where the balance schedule hurts them because I'd rather be playing the Giants and the Rockies and the Diamondbacks that go into play the National League East. Yep. I mean, yeah, you're going to play some of those teams in the Central too, but National League East is rough, man. Those teams are going to eat you for breakfast. Uh, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't see the pitching. And God forbid there's an injury to, to Kershaw again or to anyone. Ten <laughs> stars. One well, that's what away. I mean. Yeah. And, and Max Muncy last year was a huge disappointment. Yep. Chris Taylor has not hit at all this spring. Like he, like there's a couple guys that are starting to look washed. It's a really slippery slope. Uh, let's get to the, some of these divisions too. Okay. Right now, the number for the American League Central, we've got the Cleveland Guardians at plus one fifteen, the Twinkies at plus one eight, uh, plus eight one eighty. Excuse me. And You're then the Chicago give me White a phone Sox. number there at plus one eight hundred. <laughs> plus one eight hundred. <laughs> the Minnesota Twins. Go that. Remember the hotlines when we of were course. kids. We Are you that. kidding me? That's I right. Beat me with the phone when he got that first bill, and I never called it again. Don't anyway. you call that number, Maddie? What are you doing? Uh, I don't know why your father sounds like that, but he does. <laughs> Chicago <laughs> White Sox plus three hundred uh, is here, and yeah. look, the Cleveland Guardians, very good team. Uh, I worry a little bit about the length of the lineup. Sometime I worry about some of the back end of the starting pitching. To me, it's the White Sox division to lose, and I, I know that's where I was last year, and they lost it, but. With Lynn Giolito bouncing back and having Dylan Cease taking that huge step forward, those are the three horses. And then you just got to get Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert to play 145 games. If that all happens, I love this. And plus 300 to me, this is one of the better division winners on the entire board as far as I'm concerned. But how do you see the AL Central shaking out? Four years ago, what you just said would have been in lockstep with everybody else. Here we are four years later, and everyone has seemed to forget. A lot of things have happened in that time. The White Sox are the team, 100%. They are the team that everyone thought they were supposed to be for three, two years ago. Here they come. But Cleveland has something that no one else in the league has, and it's their coach, their manager on the bench, and the moves that he can make. And that's why I think Cleveland is the play. It's not sexy, but the pitching staff, the bullpen is ridiculous. This is a team that still does the things that you and I talk about, like choke up with two strikes and maybe try to go the other way. And now you don't have a shift, so now you can actually play baseball. My God, Mm. Francona knows exactly how to do that. Never discount something like that. Never discount the Rays in the American League East, plus 270 for them, plus 210 for the Blue Jays. And of course, the Yankees, most public team in sports, plus 120. Uh, Matt, what's your take on this division? Because this one's tighter. Jays time. Now I think yeah. it's finally their time. I think they went out, they got Bassett, they shored up that pitching staff. I think Romano's good on the back end. Everyone's looking at Vlad and they're missing out on how great Bobachet is. All right. Uh, look, I think that's the better of the wagers because you're getting the better number here. Uh, the plus 210 over at Betting Pros. Uh, AL West, 
everyone says it's the Astros division to lose. They're minus 185. They're a terrific team, but they did lose Verlander. Yeah. Uh, I like them bringing in Jose Abreu. I think that's a great move in the offseason. Yep. Um, but losing Verlander, I think, is a big loss. Um, and now you're putting a lot of pressure on a, on a younger pitching staff. Ramber Valdez is, is terrific. But you're putting a lot of pressure on the Hunter Browns and the Christian Javiers of the world. I think Christian Javier is ready for it, but I'm not quite so sure. Plus 360 on the Mariners. Look, if Alvarez's hand is a problem and Altuve misses two months here to open the season, I know Alvarez is already playing and back and stuff like that. But again, it's one of those things. Sometimes these injuries have a way of creeping back up on these guys. Plus 360 for the Mariners sounds like a really juicy situation. Then you have the Angels at plus 550. I'm not going to mess around with them or the Rangers at plus 1,000. I'm sorry. Everything could break right for those teams, but that's asking a lot. But Mariners at plus 360, to me, that's the only wager you can make in the West. Yep, I agree 100%. But take everything I said about Cleveland and Terry Francona and just replace it with Dusty Baker because uh, Francona, Price, and Baker, I would say, and Buck are the four mm-hmm. guys in the league. And yeah. if I'm forgetting anyone, I'm sorry. That could really pull strings that no one else can. But the Mariners are the wagerers play because of the plus number. Another tight division here, the Cardinals and the Brewers. Last year, you got this right. I got this wrong. You were on your Cardinals. They're minus 130. The Brewers are plus 165. I'm a sucker for the Brewers. I know the Cubs are plus 600. I'm not screwing around with them. Not doing it. But the Brewers are plus 165. Uh, I like this. I think it's I, – I still look at this pitching staff. And, again, that those are three horses. And, you know, Wainwright starting on the IL looks like already <laughs> – you know, the Cardinals pitching with Flaherty and Wainwright and all these guys, it just seems a little thin to me. I know Montgomery was good, but that Brewer pitching staff and the Brewers have some bats. They can swing it too. Yeah. I like the Brewers this year. I'm 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 going, I'm doubling down on the Brewers and I'm doubling down on the White Sox, Matt. I'm incorrigible. <laughs> As you should, because again, this is going to be one of those things, you know, half a game lead coming out of the last day of the season. You're right. The Cardinal pitching is of concern. And full disclosure, I am a fan. Uh, mm-hmm. It is of concern. And, and Milwaukee is going to be there. Milwaukee's bats. I, Milwaukee, I think St. Louis can contend with Milwaukee's bats a lot. I mean, Brendan Donovan, people have no idea how good this kid's going to be. And he plays mm-hmm. everywhere. But uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think maybe it's Milwaukee's time turn this season. The NL West is the Dodgers at minus 125, the Padres at plus 120, and then you have the Giants at plus 1,200. But look, the Padres, to me, if you like the Padres, don't bet them to win the West. Just save your money and go bet them to win the National Mm -hmm. League, uh, which, you know, to me, is just the the better one to go through. And then you have the National League East with the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies here. The Phillies number is going to change. It was plus 340, but with Hoskins, my guess is it gets pushed to maybe that 400 range that feels about right to me uh the Mets at plus 170 the Braves at plus 100 last year the Mets were the favorite the Braves should be the favorite until yes. further notice but can the Mets and as you mentioned you know the Buck Walter <laughs> led team they they had yeah. first place there they fell apart at the end classic Mets they've already lost their closer for the year so is it the Braves division to lose or the Mets to win <laughs> so which sword upon which would you like to fall and die? Yeah, uh, it, it's the Braves to win unless the Mets go out and pick up a guy like Bednar or something like that to where they fix that glaring, gaping hole. Mm. All right, let's go to the American League champion. The Houston Astros at plus 280. The Yankees at plus 370. The Blue Jays at plus 600. Then you have the Rays at plus nine. The Mariners at 10 to one. And the Guardians at 12 to one. Uh, Matt, If you're going to throw your hat in the ring here to win the American League, who is it? Uh, If I can do this, I'm going to split my unit three ways. Yeah, sure. As it sounds. Uh, Well, at these numbers, you can, especially if you like the Mariners at 10, and I do. Plus 1,000, I like them. 
so you can have that. And just because I, I don't want to keep agreeing with you, I'll split my yeah. Yankees, Jays, Guardians. And it's all based on the fact that uh, pitching bullpens and just the Yankees could have something magical. Maybe. I agree with you. And I like the Yankees to win the American League. That's the two I'm splitting. It's the Yankees and the Mariners for me. Uh, and plus 370 is a much better bet for me. If you're going to like the Yankees, don't like them for the division because it's a small number. Go to the 370 for the American League. Uh, the National League, the Braves at plus 380. The Dodgers at plus 380. Ugh, gross. The Padres at plus 500. That's where I want to put my money. I love that three-man uh, top of that rotation with Darvish, with Joe Musgrove, who was already on track, and hopefully Blake Snell can figure it out. They got Josh Hader. That was the big thing missing last year. They got Xander Bogarts. They got Juan Soto for a full season. I think the Padres are just loaded. The Mets are also a plus 500. Those are the two that I would circle there. You know, the Mets need a little bit more help now with Diaz out, but Uncle Stevie is going to make a move because Uncle Stevie's got a big old checkbook. So I am not worried. If they can move in for a guy like Otani, get the bat that they need and the pitcher they need, the Mets' odds are going to change significantly. I think if you think, like I do, that could happen, you want to put a number on the Mets now before it changes in July if they pull off that kind of move. And I think they're going to be in it in July. So the Padres and Mets at plus 500 is for me in the National League. How about you? So what you did there, though, it's smart. I think it's a totally separate wager on a future thought with the Mets. Yes, I agree with you, the, the prospect of Otani. But also they're mm -hmm. limited in the moves they can make because they need to save everything they have for that move. With that said, there is a wager to be had. The Braves know how to do this. The Phillies know how to do this. The Padres, do they know how to win? That's the question. So you mm -hmm. can split a unit three or four ways on those teams, but keep those things in mind. Let's see who can win it all. The World Series, the Astros at plus 600, the Braves plus 750, the Dodgers at plus 750, the Yankees at plus 850 is a great number. Circle this one, boys and girls, because the Yankees have that influx of youth and theoretically, you know, four starting pitchers in the top 35 in fantasy. That's no joke. If Rodon is right and working his way back, Rodon, Cortez, Severino, and Cole, that's a really good grouping there. The Mets at plus 900, the Padres at plus 1,000, then the Blue Jays at plus 1,200. The Phillies, if you sneak in there and you get hot, plus 1,500. And, of course, the Rays and Mariners at plus 20, along with your Cardinals, and then the Guardians at plus 2,500. You know, the White Sox at plus 35 are a fascinating long shot at plus 3,500. Yep. So are the Brewers, because both of them have really good rotations if they get hot in the playoffs. So if you want to throw some long shots, it's the White Sox and the Brewers for me. The mid-tier teams, though, to me, are the Mets at plus 900 and, and the Padres at plus 1,000. And then as the favorites go, I like the Yankees at plus 850. But, Matt, where are you putting your money to win it all? Last year we had Houston, yep. and we were right. So now we got to come back and do it again. Well, the first thing is I know that people do bet with their heart, even though they shouldn't. You take a team like Chicago and all the things that they go through, then maybe there's something there. I'll take a team like Cleveland. I mean, they're 100 miles away from East Palestine. I mean, people need a break out there. They can go 20 miles to watch the Pirates. They go 70 miles or 100 miles to go watch the Guardians. So, so there's something to be said about that. But at the end of the day, Braves, Yankees is where I'm going to split the unit. The Padres are fun, and I can also think about – trifecting the unit, if that's a word, but Braves Yankees would be where the smart money would go. There you have it. There's all the smart wager, uh, wagers and looking forward into the world of Major League Baseball here. MLB Futures, obviously a great market to play, one that Matt Stryker and I monitor all the time over on Sports Grid. So join us. We're everywhere. We're on all the streaming services. We're on Amazon Prime now, Sports Grid, every morning, 8 to 
10 every Sunday uh, is where we are. Not every morning, every Sunday morning, I should say. Every morning, make sure Matt's right. Sunday morning, catch us. If you like this kind of chatter about your baseball, we do football in the fall as well. Matt Stryker, bonus time with you is always so special. It's great to have you on the show, my friend. And check Matt Stryker out on The Better's Eye, too. MLB Network, uh, it's the hot place to be every single day for your wagering. And he does a great job there with Keith on that show. So check him out, too. And MLB, Matt Stryker, that'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Matt, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Baseball Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Pros MLB and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros MLB.